Hello, Hello and welcome. And welcome. No. Oh. oh. No, it's a, <laughs> welcome to Thinking Like a Lawyer. I'm Joe Patrice. That's Catherine Rubino. We're with Above the Law. It's a little website you've probably been reading for a while. Uh, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. Anyway, uh, we're here to talk about some of the big legal stories of the week. But first, how have you been? Uh, good. I feel like uh, I had I had quite the weekend. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of parties. There was a soccer game people cared a lot about, and mm-hmm. uh, I felt like it was real pre-pandemic times. Yeah, yeah, it did kind of. I went to like... a bar. I did Ooh. not wear a mask while I was there. It was crazy. Yeah, fully vaccinated. It's okay. Folks. Well, right, but yeah, <laughs> no, no, it's, it's still it's... like a, a thing. Yeah. You know, like I, I definitely had like the mask with me. I was like, oh, you know, do I go from my, my seat where I'm eating and drinking and can I walk to the bathroom without a mask on? Like, what do I do? It felt awkward, but, um, you know, I soldiered through. Yeah. I mean, but that is the advantage of being in one of the areas of the country that thankfully has a Correct. fairly high instance of vaccination. vaccination. Yeah. 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 New York is doing all right as these things go. Yeah, it looks like, uh, I'm just scrolling through the other day, it looks like Missouri and Arkansas are real disasters. Uh, that's but... unfortunate. Anyhow. Immunocompromised should come to New York. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll fare better. Go to Vermont, it looks like. That's, oh, that's, that's true. As I'm scrolling here, that actually looks like the best place to be if you're uh, Immunocompromised. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate for the folks for whom the vaccine doesn't seem to be working as well. And... Yeah, yeah, if you're living in places where the vaccination rate is less than thirty percent, you're not you're not going to have a good time. Yeah. Well, so I guess we can get right into it. The first story that I have of the day uh, was a fairly big story on our site. Uh, a lot of people may have seen it from other media outlets, but obviously a, a quirk of it fit the <laughs> above the law genre. Z- yeah, or, or it was it was within our idiom. There was a motion filed in the uh, so-called Kraken cases, the uh, various— Those are still going on. Uh, actually, as we speak, they're uh, in a sanctioning hearing. Uh, sure. So— Let's hope. Yeah, it's been a thing. But there was a motion filed by one of the uh, the local counsel who was working with them, who now actually has her own lawyer, but her own lawyer didn't file this. She filed it. And, you know, there were a lot of things in this fairly comical filing, but the one that really hit— I mean, it would be funny if it wasn't so— Awful for the country, right? The one that really hit home for all of us was plaintiff's attorney's speech and their right to petition government for redress of grievances is a First Amendment right protected by a line of U.S. Supreme Court cases too numerous to mention, and any attempt to string cite them here would be insulting to all involved, which is a, I I guess Blue book? Who needs her? That's a hack for legal writing that I hadn't <laughs> run across. I mean, that's the thing. Like, this is a, an actual document filed in court by an actual lawyer. And if you tried to get away with that in law school, it would not go well for no. you. No, and it's comically bad. Um, it, it, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, other folks. Does it make you rethink your stance on the bar exam? <laughs> See, no, that's the thing, right? Like, It actually makes me double down on my thoughts on the bar exam because we're talking about a person who has passed the bar. <laughs> so it's clear that there's The bar no... exam actually does no gatekeeping is what this means. Yeah, that, well, that's, that's my point. take. That's a fair point. Yeah, I believe the profession needs gatekeeping. I think that a a one-shot doctrinal test at the very beginning of your career is uh, not, not where yeah. that is. Yeah, yeah. And, this evi- and this filing proves that. Um, I mean, the 
okay, I don't know if we have many non-lawyers listening to the show. I probably doubt it. But the blue book and citations are kind of a fundamental element of of the whole indoctrination process of thinking like a lawyer, right? Like, Well, having, I mean, the, the entire common law system kind of stands on the principle that when you say something, you cite some precedent <laughs> where a court has said that was true in the past. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Brad Heath at uh, Reuters uh, tweeted about this story and was just like, this is what the purpose of an EG site is, which is true. <laughs> like, yes, we get the concept that there may be a lot of cases and we have a, a, a way to deal with that. Fact. Yeah. I actually, uh, I retorted to that one that it was actually much more see generally Supreme Court shrug emoji was the way it really was. It, it, <laughs> That's a great line now. Thanks. Uh, yo, I mean, it was... I, I spent a good deal of time trying to figure out what the joke there was. I had. Uh, oh, were, were there runners up? Well, yeah, I had like uh, at one point that line was written as um, C generally one US one through whatever the current number is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't understand how somebody thinks they can get away with this. I don't understand, especially when you're already staring down the barrel of sanctions hearings. Like, why put out there? something that just makes it seem more like you're abusing the process and not taking you're it You're just seriously. making it up as you go along. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, yeah. It, this does not help your position. It's performatively a disaster if you're right. trying to claim that right. you're, you know, serious lawyers doing serious things. I mean, and this lawyer had a history in this case, too. Like, the first thing, and mm -hmm. we wrote about her when this happened, the first thing she filed in this case was a bunch of stuff about how you can't, apply Rule 11, put sanctions on these people, because they didn't really sign anything. Uh, the um, argument being... I don't think that's accurate. Yeah. Uh, their argu the argument was, well, these lawyers didn't sign anything, which putting aside that they had, in fact, signed these things. <laughs> well, that, that's the part. Like, you could have an argument about lawyers who are tangentially involved with the case, should they be liable? And the answer is actually... Sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But uh, but even if you didn't say that, uh, they did, in fact, sign all this stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and then the way she made up for it was to cite a bunch of cases about how we only care if people have actually physically signed it with ink. But all of those cases predate the Internet. Yeah. 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 Right, which is why they said things like that. So so it's that she's familiar with the concept of citations, I, but it hasn't gone well for her. Yeah, I, I feel like this was... It may, like she red got, flags. She, she got burned get. once. Yeah. So and she's this like, C-E-G, yeah. everything. Yeah, so maybe that's what's happening here. Uh, yeah, she no. got burned, yeah. That, it's got to be it. Yeah, it's... Um, Speaking of citations, it's just kind of a, a uh -huh. random tidbit, but I heard we filled up the Fed third. Now we're on oh, to... Yeah. F fourth. Oh yeah. Do do we have like a? Yeah. There we go. <laughs> Hooray! We we filled up. We filled up a federal reporter. Now we're on to the fourth. Yeah, yeah. We should have had a, a party when that happened. Uh, yeah. So yeah. we we filled that up. That's exciting. But I, suppose. It, I mean, you go from the three D to fourth, which mm -hmm. is which is going to be different. You can't just like change out the number, right? Because the the suffix changes. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. 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 I don't know. It's just a thing. A weird quirk of English, I suppose. Yeah. Um, it's one of those things that you, uh, one of those 
You little, know, little administrative tasks? No, I was going to oh. say it's like one of those little dumb things that you want to learn when you go to law school, but you go to to be a lawyer, not an accountant. Oh. Take advantage of Noda, a no-cost IOLTA management tool that helps solo and small law firms track client funds down to the penny. Enjoy peace of mind with one-click reconciliation, automated transaction alerts, and real-time bank data. Visit trustnoda.com slash legal to learn more. Terms and conditions may apply. But I appreciated that you had a theory on how it could link to. That's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I was trying. No, I mean, I, I, I appreciate you stepping up <laughs> on the ad front. <laughs> Don't come to expect that. <laughs> <laughs> that is firmly your responsibility. Speaking of people who, I don't know, things you learn in law school, it seemed like President Trump was uh, in need of some lawyering. Trump does need some lawyers. He has actual issues going on that um, could be problematic for him. And... Uh, he doesn't seem to like, at least according to these reports out there, he doesn't seem to like his current lawyers. Well, he has a somewhat untenable legal position. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that, that, that'll go hands in hand for a while, I, I imagine. But yes, in a, uh, in a new book, there are allegations that for over the last run, while complaining to anyone who will stand near him long enough that he has the worst lawyers and hates Rudy and all this, uh, that he went about trying to find new lawyers by just asking random people at the hotel. Um, <laughs> if they have... Uh, you got a lawyer? Uh, you got a good lawyer? You got a good lawyer? Yeah, I mean, look, it's a bunch of rich people. Rich people have lawyers. That's a thing. I feel like if he was asking about somebody to help him file a securities offering or something like that, he might have gotten better. That, uh, crim sure. Criminal crim lawyers. Yeah. I mean, one would hope that uh, the rich people who hang out at Mar-a-Lago don't have much need of criminal attorneys, but... I mean, uh, now who's being naive, Joe? I mean, well, now that Epstein's gone. Oh! Yeah, you did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you did that, you did that. But yeah, no, it, so he... But it just got me thinking about... With, like, and these, he was asking, I'm sorry, for a lawyer for... Is this like for his election lawsuits or has this been the Trump organization legal trouble that he's in this is the trump organization okay. legal trouble the Cy Vance stuff happening gotcha uh, gotcha York. well because there's a lot of reasons he may be searching right uh but no this was for criminal lawyers to help him uh, out in that sort of situation which you know criminal defense lawyers i shouldn't say criminal lawyers that makes it sound like, like they hiring, are actually like a, which maybe where he ends mm. up before this is all over with his hiring process but uh, it, it did get me thinking though about the hiring process how do people go about finding lawyers. I mean, obviously, there's there's the big firm world in which, uh, you know, we've always done Goldman Sachs's work. But yeah, beyond yeah. that, uh, how how do people find things? I Like, I remember when we were, you know, back in the day, there was Martindale Hubble had stuff, and obviously that's oh, still around, but mm -hmm. it's now been right. taken over by another entity. There's Avo, right. uh, like all of these sorts of places. But but is that where people are going to find folks? Are people using Yellow Pages? Like, How does the average person find a lawyer out there that they want to go with asking for a former president. You know? <laughs> Speaking of, of Trump's legal trouble, there was also uh, a super cut that uh, Midas Touch, one of the political uh, oh, super yeah. PACs, yep, yep. did on Trump where, you know, it was a bunch of clips of him saying how well he knew the tax code and you will never find a president who knows the tax code as well as I do. I'm yeah. the smartest tax person ever cut next to his now that there's potential 
tax problems with the Trump organization. Does anybody even understand the tax code? This yeah. is entirely too difficult for anybody to understand. Yeah, it, it, it's real fun. bad. And it, yeah. it, it is very likely that uh, his past claims of how much he knows about the tax code will be used against him when he tries to feign ignorance down the road. Even though ignorance probably was what was true in the first instance, right. and it was all right. just puffery. But again, that's uh, you probably where that goes. Yeah. And it wasn't like a one-off. It's like, a solid several minutes of him just saying how great he is at taxing. And now yeah. he's now, what do you know? He has a different story now that there's actual consequences that are potential. Yeah, no, it, it, still, I just was very, how do you find somebody? Uh, who do you work with? Uh, I feel like. I mean, isn't it still mostly like recommendations and referrals? Yeah, I mean, I get, I, I, I would think so. But I mean, is it from the random folks who are at the 19th hole afterwards? Or like, because <laughs> oh, as appears to be how he's uh, approaching this process. I would feel, and obviously Rudy, as well as people like Sidney Powell, would fall under this recommendation. So maybe swing and a miss a couple of times there. So maybe uh, this isn't the best recommendation. But given the concerns that he's now facing, it seems as though what I would do is do an immediate search of people who have left the U.S. Attorney's Office to go into private practice recently and start calling them. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. But uh, I guess revolving door be damned. <laughs> yeah, well, right. Well, but, I mean, if you need it, that is why it flourishes, right? Well, I mean, it's somebody with the experience uh, in that area who mm -hmm. can do it. But that said, again, it's not really worked out for his other choices. So maybe, maybe I'm wrong about that. I mean, at least they have the uh, the pedigree that makes you think that they might. Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, this is not on our agenda, but quick aside yeah. on when it comes to pedigree. When back in the 90s, one of the most more respected constitutional law scholars out there was Jonathan Turley. And now, oh boy. Ooh. Uh, for our listeners who may not know what you're subtweeting right here, why don't, why don't you give a I little mean, bit speak, of... Speaking of subtweeting, well, I mean, right, that's what he right. did. But um, the Turn Dog put an article the in The Hill attacking Above the Law and me in specifically, as well as Ellie, the former co-host of this show. Yeah. And then decide... About what? Oh, just... Uh, because we're awful social justice caring people. So it wasn't like a particular. No, it, was, it, it was in relations to the Duke Law School story, ah. where there's a journal at Duke that students had said they were uncomfortable printing a article from a controversial professor whose own. Not a law professor, own, though, right? Like not a law professor. Social, her yeah. own campus has had a lot of issues with her. Her academic field has written open letters decrying her work. Mm. So the students did not feel good about this, <laughs> uh, did not like their names being on that masthead. Uh, the school, uh, the faculty decided they were going to go forward with it anyway, and the students started resigning. Uh, I mean, that seems like a you know logical and natural consequence to those set of circumstances. Exactly. I wrote about this because I thought, uh, you know, it bears being highlighted, what's going on, this kind of, mm -hmm. we look at students, whether they're de jure in charge of a journal or de facto in charge, uh, we look to them to do all this free labor in legal academia. And we so you just, get a little entry on your resume. And we justify it with, you know, you're a real professional and we trust your judgment and yada, yada, yada. And then when rubber meets road, it is just to ignore them. Uh, and I thought that was problematic and I wanted to highlight this issue. Nothing much more than that. I got some dumb attacks from some people about like, well, actually, I think the faculty board does have power here. And I'm like, maybe. Cool. Not that only really makes it worse. <laughs> kind of irrelevant. Uh, and then Turles decided to go off on me and the Hill. And yeah, it, it's it's a fairly embarrassing article on his part. 
then he decided to tweet about it, but not at me, just like put my name places, which I didn't see because unlike some narcissists in the world, I don't have a thing set up to see my name every time it happens. <laughs> so I actually didn't learn about this till well after the fact, but yeah. So oh, we have a new social media manager. We maybe. do. Yes. <laughs> maybe that's something we can put on. Maybe I should be doing that search. <laughs> I don't know. No, I, I just remember once I said something randomly about a person like within the context of a news story I wasn't necessarily even trying to blast them I just like mm -hmm. they were a character in a news story and they immediately like freaked out and yelled at me and whatever and I was like how would they even know and I was like oh they just have alerts set up for every time their name is said which is you know I just don't care I mean I, I, I do hear what you're saying and yeah. I, I don't have one set up for my name so I, I get it but as folks who work in the media we probably should Maybe, yeah. I, well, not not that. I mean, we're talking about law professors here, but yes, I I get you. Uh, sure, yeah. I'm not. I'm not saying. Yeah, you're else right. Should. You're right. I'm we probably that, should. That, that we we probably or at least have somebody. You know, monitoring um, it. Yeah, somebody should be taking. You know, you could ignore these. You have to pay attention to those kind of situation. Yeah, we should figure out how we're gonna kind of bureaucratically do that. How the administration of it all will work. Yeah, like if we wanted yeah. to streamline how Maybe we wanted we can to it. do these administrative yeah. tasks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So actually on that note, it's interesting you should mention that. Let's uh, hear what Lexicon has to say. Here's a message just for the attorneys out there. So you passed the bar, joined a firm, or even built your own. Now are you finding out that you're doing more administration than actual law practice? Lexicon can help. Lexicon is a legal services and technology provider with over a decade of experience streamlining administrative tasks like timekeeping, HR, billing, client intake, and more. So you can focus on maximizing billable hours and increasing client satisfaction. Call 855-4-LEXICON or visit lexiconservices.com slash go to learn more. All right, so... See, uh, we eventually got the... Yeah, no, 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 it was we, great. We, we worked no, dude. I mean, you don't... I mean... you. I don't get credit for this? What? No, no, no. I No, I was just going to say that the audience is getting exactly what they pay for this podcast with its <laughs> professionalism. So you, uh, you wrote about TV shows. You know, you can't... Of sorts. Yeah. <laughs> you can't always write about deep legal concepts. Sometimes you need a bit of a break. Mm -hmm. But no, I had I, recently been watching past seasons of MTV's The Challenge. Okay. Do you remember that show? Do you still watch it? I know there was, it, it's where road rules people and real world people like, that, that was how it started. Yeah. Okay. It was the... Is Road Rules still around? It is absolutely not. Oh, that's but, too bad. I kind of enjoyed the Winnebago aspect of it, but go on. It, it, it was fun. And well, there are a lot of kind of nostalgic based reboot. There's Challenge All-Stars also that's available currently on Paramount Plus. That was ah, okay. the godfather of which is Mark Long, who was on the first season of um, Road Rules. Road Rules. Rules. Yeah. Well, he actually made his first MTV appearance on an episode of The Real World because in season three, when Puck got voted out of the house, they actually interviewed three different people and Mark was one of the potential people that might have moved in. They decided on Joe instead, but then the producers apparently liked Mark so much they wound up casting him on the first season of Road Rules. Is he a lawyer or something? No. Oh, so there was no just... connection or relevance to any of that. <laughs> I just enjoy the challenge. No, but so I have been watching... Um... See, that's a place where you could have just inserted a like, see generally other stuff and not given me all the detail. Like that lawyer. I, I got the. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. I saw the reference you were making, but sometimes you just have to listen. Sometimes mm. it's not about you talking at me. The point was, 
<laughs> the point was, uh, I was watching the uh, one of the seasons of the challenge, Rivals One, which is an epic season. Fans of the show generally are very familiar with it. The concept is great, right? You got one partner, and it was the person that you have beef with, right? Whether it be like online beef, whether it be you'd fought in previous seasons. In one instance, it's maybe you took a swing at somebody. Ooh. That also, ha- you know, that CT was partnered with Adam King, and, and that was part of their previous drama, despite the fact that they had actually started on their first season together because they were both on the real world Paris. Anyway, it's a lot of detail. So anyway, the girls' winner was Paula Walnuts and Evelyn Smith. And Ev was always a, a great person on the show's multi-time champion. But after the rivals, she just stopped appearing on the show. Uh, and it was, uh, I, I wondered about that and used a little Google skills to find out uh, she actually went to law school. Nice. Uh, not just any law school. Harvard Law, which is, you know. I've heard of them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you? Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, but They're she, ranked right right there with Washington University of St. Louis in our rankings. On, on our rankings. Yeah, maybe. yeah. <laughs> it says Fair a enough. lot more about our rankings than anything else. Mm. Mm. Anyway, uh, so she'd gone to law school, Harvard Law School, in the, in the mid, I think 2013 or so, uh, then graduated, worked for human rights campaigns in Cambodia, I believe, uh, and then spent uh, has spent a lot of time uh, working on Democratic Party causes. Mm-hmm. Uh, up in Maine, she's been trying to get folks elected, also worked on the Kirsten Gillibrand campaign, um, worked then on the Pete uh, Buttigieg campaign, and now is appointed to uh, a political appointee position uh, as a special assistant in the USAID office. Oh, wow. Awesome. Yeah. Although Mark Long, that I mentioned earlier, he's sort of, as I said, the coordinator of this all-star season. And apparently he has spoken to Ev about potentially coming back for all-stars. And she she hasn't said no. But apparently over 100 uh, former challengers have expressed interest in coming back for an all-star season. Which is both very exciting, um, and and I can't wait for them to to develop these new seasons. It's very cool. It's a good time. Yeah, I mean, it's the perfect moment to do this kind of nostalgia based stuff with everyone being home, you know, for the pandemic and using all these streaming services and and whatnot, you know. So I got myself some Paramount Plus, uh-huh. and uh, which is how you can watch the All Stars, mm-hmm. and it's it's really been qu- quite the joy. Nice. Quite the joy. I mean, hey, you can't be in online beefs with people forever, um, like I've been doing. Uh, yeah. No, that, that sounds great. Uh, it does show that there's uh, cool stuff you can do with law degrees if you uh, if you stick with it, I suppose. Yeah. And that, you know, not everybody on reality television shows continue just in that world, although mm-hmm. it can be lucrative for, for some folks. You can also, you know, you can turn around and go to Harvard Law School. Yeah. No, awesome. But it was really fun. I hadn't I hadn't realized that. Uh, and also, how did Above the Law miss talking about the fact that she graduated I, from Harvard Law School? Um, well, Back this, this is a. I was going to say this is an obscure show that only you really follow, but I'm actually looking, and apparently it's the number one rated cable show. So I guess I, I'm wrong about that. I, I mean, no, it's the number one rated non-news cable show, I should say. like it, That's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, they and for folks who have watched the show throughout the years, you can kind of tell how much more popular it's gotten because the prize money keeps going up. Yeah, how much do they get now? It's like a million dollars. Oh, well, yeah. that's, that's It's not, not nothing. It's not nothing. Uh, and I mean, it it started out, it's like, you win 10,000 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> and it kind of has evolved to uh, million-dollar prizes. Not every season. kind of depends on the season. But, you know, it's a significantly larger prize pool than when, when the show first started, when it was like, 
good job, you get a video game for winning this today's challenge, yeah. which it was very sponsorship based. I think you, you saw, I think I think one prize was like you get a lifetime supply of burgers from Burger King. Or Whoppers. I think that was true. I think Jarrell won it. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Well, cool. Uh, yeah, no, I think that's uh, that's basically everything we have. Raises continue on a bound. Yeah, so yeah. many. But now we're kind of getting into that second tier of folks who are doing the yeah. raises, which are they match that first year number, that 205. Which is great. Uh, and that is the number. And the reason why matching that first year salary is so important for those who may not be following the minutia is that that's what gets published by NALP. When you look to say, oh, who's on what scale? Oh, they they give 205 to first year associates. And that sounds like you're making the same amount of money as everybody, but there's a, there are differences. There's this thing called compression, where after that first, maybe second year, they start slendering down the amount of raises so that by the time you're maybe a fourth or fifth or even higher, you're making significantly less than peers at other firms and when you were perhaps starting out your career and you're only looking you know because that first year number is what's get published by a lot of these organizations and that may be all folks pay attention to uh, when they're interviewing at a law school not necessarily thinking about the fact that you know if they stay at a place for more than a couple of years they'll actually be significantly behind their peer group and potentially you know they might have had offers from other places that they could have been making uh, market salaries so I think that publishing and making sure that we're you're aware uh, which firms are engaged in compression of this salary scale versus pure matches of that salary scale is super, super important. And also part of the what's what is uh fueling this hot lateral market that we're seeing at the yeah, moment. Absolutely. And that's uh yeah, that's pretty much it, unless you got something else. No, that's that's most I mostly wrote about the challenge and raises last week. So fair enough. Thanks everybody for listening. You should be subscribed to the show, give it reviews. That really helps. Shows like engagement and means that we show up when people search for law and then more people can hear it. And that's awesome. You should be reading above the law as always for all of the minute by minute of this kind of gossipy thing we call law. Uh, you should check out The Jabot, which is Catherine's other podcast. Uh, you can check out the Legal Tech Week Journalists Roundtable, which is the other show that I do for- uh, pretty much remember the name of it. Exciting legal tech stuff. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, for exciting legal tech developments. And there are some new products this week, I know. So I'm sure we'll be talking about that later in the week. You should check out the other shows of the Legal Talk Network. You should be following us on social media. I'm at Joseph Patrice. She's at Catherine One, numeral one. Yeah, you'd have to add us because I don't see it when you just type my name because I don't have a search set up. Thanks to Nota, powered by MT Bank and Lexicon for sponsoring the show. And I believe with all of that done, peace. We're here. Yeah. So keep us in the loop if any illegal news happens out there. Bye.